Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. The show is live and you could call in. Numbers to call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. You could join me in a chat room at israelnewstalkradio.com. Of course, the numbers are on the top of the page there, too. A young man went to a riot, opened fire at the riot, and killed three criminals who were trying to kill him. Wall-to-wall news coverage. A young man was walking to the synagogue, minding his own business, when a man walked into the alleyway, opened fire, killing him and injuring 30 other people. Which of these stories do you think got wall-to-wall news coverage in all uh, international media? I'll give you a guess. It wasn't the man walking to the synagogue. Why? That's the question I want to look at. Why? Why does why does one story get all the media coverage, wall to wall, thousands and thousands of of hours of analysis and discussion and 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 and, and micro looking at every single element of the situation? And another situation where an innocent man and thirty other people an innocent man was killed and thirty people were were injured, gets hardly any international attention. There, there's one major difference, and I want to discuss that major difference that causes one story to get so much attention and one story to get no attention at all. We'll do that right here on Political Hitman. I want you to stay with me, and I want you to take part in the conversation. In North America, call in 301-768-4841. In Israel, could dial 0265-00151. You could join me in the chat room at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, where the chat is always amazing, and I monitor the chat room the entire show. Why does one story get more attention than the other? I'm Howie Soberger. This is Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. Israel is located in one of the most volatile areas in the world. Israel is an island of stability and a sea of war and unrest. In the midst of this turmoil, Israel stands out as a beacon of order and human progress. Each week we update you on what's happening in this, the Jewish state, a true light unto the nations. This is Jay Shapiro. Join me every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitman. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could call in 
show is live, 301-768-4841 in North America. In Israel, the number is 02650151. You can, of course, join me in the chat room at israelnewstalkradio.com, where the chat's always interesting and exciting. So there is a um, there was a case last week in in the United States. It, it was a case. It was a trial, and there was wall to wall media coverage of this trial. What was the story? There was a young man named Kyle Rittenhouse who uh, who went to a riot, one of the Black Lives Matter riots, and uh, decided he wanted to protect his family property. And so he stood there to protect his family property, and he was attacked by rioters. They, they physically attacked him. One of them pushed him down and tried to grab his gun, the gun that he was using to protect his family property. He shot the guy trying to grab his gun. Another guy whacked him in the head with a, uh, with a skateboard and screaming, I'm going to kill you. He shot that guy. And then another man uh, stuck a gun in his face, and he shot that guy too. All right. So... He was put up on trial and he was acquitted. And that, that's great. I mean, self-defense is great. But the story got wall-to-wall coverage, 24-hour coverage. They, the, news, the news stations were, were talking about it. They were dissecting every element of it. There was no part of this boy's life. He was 17, so he's a boy. No part of this boy's life, no part of the story that wasn't dissected a million times on various uh, news outlets. Just uh, a little over a day ago, a young man was walking to the synagogue in the old city of Jerusalem when another man walked into the alleyway, opened fire, killing the young man and injuring 30 other people. Not even a mention on local news in North America National news in North America barely covered it. It was like a two-minute a two-minute spot. A Jew was killed. Two-minute spot in the terror attack. Nobody cared. And I'm wondering, and I continue to wonder, why isn't the terror attacks against Jews, and there have been a number of them over the last little while, why aren't they on the front to the news cycle. Why why are the news cycle why doesn't the news cycle pay any attention to Jews dying in the streets of Jerusalem? I I mean, why do I care if a if a convicted rapist was killed at a Black Lives Matter rally in some little town in Wisconsin? And if that's important to to do wall to wall coverage and minutia reporting on why is it not equally as important to do wall-to-wall coverage and minutia reporting on a Jew killed in the old city of Jerusalem? I, I, I'm, I've asked this question before, and I've thought about this a lot, and my own, the only answer I can come up with is that Jewish life is cheap to the world. The world doesn't care about Jews. Jewish life is cheap. In fact, it's free. It's, it's irrelevant. Nobody cares if Jews are killed. The U.S. president, just, uh, just about a week and a half ago, uh, declared 
that he feels that the that Israel should really negotiate with Hamas and the Palestinian Liberation Organization and form a Palestinian state within the borders of the current state of Israel. He said it's his, it's his intention and his mandate to, to ensure that this happens. He said this just a few days ago. Whoa, what? The terrorist that stepped into the into the alleyway and committed a terror attack just, just a couple of days ago was a Hamas leader. Now we all know that that maybe maybe five, six years ago, Hamas and the PLO merged. So they became one. So I, I just I, I don't I don't get it. Why would why would why would Israel want to talk to terrorist organization that's killing Jews, that's actively killing Jews. Then we can look at the leader of the PLO, Mahmoud Abbas, a, a man who has a long history of, of Jew murdering, a man whose PhD was a Holocaust denial uh, thesis, the man who, who was the organizer, he was the funder of the uh, of the Munich Olympic massacre, and he was the organizer. He was he was actually the the guy who who came up with the idea and implemented the idea of killing Leon Klinghoffer on the Achilles Loro, a cruise ship, in the late eighties. He, he he masterminded that, and he 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 actually ran that operation. And these are these are the people that Israel should be negotiating with. To create a peaceful state within the state of Israel, it's very confusing and quite disturbing to think that a superpower like the United States would be would be considering this. Would be would be would be entertaining this notion that somehow this is the moral, this is the political, this is the best way to go. I'm confused by this, and I was confused by this for for many years. But but I I am no longer confused by this. Because I realize that the world sees Jews as expendable. We're the red shirt of the minority communities. The world believes that Jews could just be killed. And and it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And this leaves us in a very precarious situation, doesn't it? When when everybody decides that your that your life doesn't matter, then the only people that value your life are you and your people. And so what are Jews doing to defend themselves? Are we entertaining the notion forwarded by the United States? that Israel should be negotiating with terrorists, with people who are actively, currently killing Jews? Is that something that we could that we could even fathom, something that should be considered? Many leftists will tell you, yeah, of course, because Israel's the oppressor. Really? Israel's the oppressor? It's it's mind-boggling that people who claim to have education, people who claim to understand history, people who claim to be moral people who, who are who are fighting for human rights, 
and for human dignity remain awfully quiet, in fact, silent, when Jews are murdered. We time and time again, those people yelling that Israel is the oppressor, Israel is just like the Nazis killing the Arabs, those people yelling that are totally silent when Jews are being killed. Not a peep, not a word, not a condemnation, not. And the Jewish state should prostrate itself, should 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 prostrate itself, should bow to the people trying to kill it. Bow to the people trying to destroy it, to the people killing their citizens. This is what the world expects of the Jews. It's funny because uh, I would normally do a show like this before Purim and talk about bowing to to an oppressive to oppressive leaders bowing to people and not bowing and, and the idea of bowing and not bowing. But we're, we're coming up to Hanukkah, not Purim. And coming up to Hanukkah makes me think that that you know Jewish liberation is fighting for Jewish rights. Hanukkah is the celebration of Jewish militaristic victory. It's not the celebration of Jews cowering to their enemy. It's the celebration of Jews standing up to their enemy, fighting their enemy, and winning. So where did this notion that Jews are losers come from? Where did this notion that Jews could be pushed around, Jews could be killed, and and, and it's irrelevant and nobody cares and the Jewish community is just going to accept it come from? It's come from a lot of different places, and uh, I'm going to go over them for the rest of the show. We're, we're going to look at them, where, where it comes from. It's partly, and I hate to say it, I hate to say it out loud, and we, we all know it's true. It's partly the fault of the Jewish community. It's partly the fault of the Jew haters. And it's definitely the fault of the mainstream media. So I laid the blame on three different elements. There are, there are, there are many, many more factors involved in this, many more elements that are at fault. I want to look at the three main ones, at least uh, the next segment. And then, and then we'll go on from there because, because uh, we, we have to make some changes. We, we have to do something to, to change the situation. Or, or we're going to be in major, major trouble. We're already in major trouble. We're going to be in even bigger trouble. You could join me uh, on, 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 the, on the phone. Numbers to call, 301-768-4841 in North America and Israel, 0265-00151. You could join me in the chat room at israelnewstalkradio.com. Just click on the button that says chat room right there on the top of the page. And you could join me in the chat room. The talk is always great. And, of course, my name is Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. The Tamar Yona Show. Tamar? She's sassy. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also a real Jewish mother. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar Yona. And yes, I can be all of those things. But at Israel News Talk Radio, I'm here to bring you the news stories and guests that you may not hear anywhere else. Join me live on air Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays for the most unique and bold talk radio in Israel. The Tamar Yona Show. Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitman. I'm Howie Sobiger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. The lines are open. Feel free to call in. Numbers in I'm North Howie America. Sobiger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. The lines are open. Feel free to call in. Numbers in I'm North Howie America. Sobiger, your political hitman okay. here on Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> that was the odd. Lines are open. Feel free to call in. Numbers in I'm North Howie America. Sobiger, your political hitman. I have no idea what happened there. All right, uh, <laughs> your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio, um, you know, live radio, this is what happens, that was very strange, uh, you could call in, numbers are open, the lines are open, numbers to call, 301-768-4841, in Israel the number is 0265-00151, you can join me in the chat room at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, where the uh, talk is always exciting, and um and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, so we, we were talking about we were talking about Jewish life being cheap, and, and it is cheap. Uh, people don't respect Jewish life, and and it is the fault of three different elements, in, in my opinion. Three different elements cause the cheapness of Jewish life. So the first element is Jews. Jews are a big part of this. What happens is we've been living in the diaspora for, for, for thousands of years. And living in the diaspora means that we've assimilated to a certain extent. Most Jews have assimilated to diaspora life. What do I mean by diaspora life? And, I, and I'm going to say, and I know, I know many people are going to disagree with me, but I'm going to say that even Jews in Israel have assimilated to diaspora life. So what does diaspora life mean? There, there are many, many, many Jews. In fact, I'd say the majority of Jews in North America do not follow Jewish tradition. They do not follow Jewish tradition. They do not follow Jewish life. They do not follow Jewish law. The, the majority of Jews in North America. Being that they do not follow these traditions and these laws, the Jews are trying to be like everyone else. I don't want to be different than my neighbor, says the average American Jew. Therefore, lighting Hanukkah candles and putting them in the window, eh, that might, uh, might, might, might indicate that I'm a little different than they are. Wearing a yarmulke in public, wearing a kippah in public, might, might indicate that I'm a little different. Wearing, uh, you know, praying every day, putting on tefillin, maybe, maybe, maybe it'd be a little different. Covering my hair, if I'm a woman, maybe a little different than everybody else. 
eating kosher. Whew. I know Jews who say that kosher is the most disgusting thing that you could possibly eat. They won't eat a kosher steak, which is cooked on a grill the same way non-kosher steaks are and prepared exactly the same way non-kosher steaks are, but they won't eat a kosher steak because the word kosher is disgusting to them. These are Jews. And so when, when the Jewish community, when the Jewish people start rejecting themselves, how do we expect non-Jews to accept us? How do we expect non-Jews to respect us? If we don't respect ourselves, how do we expect to be respected by anybody else? It, it's, it, it seems obvious to me that if we held ourselves to a certain standard and to a certain regard, then other people would hold us to that regard too. Think about your own personal life and the way you conduct yourself. If you want to be taken seriously about anything, then you have to hold yourself to a certain standard. You can't be a hypocrite and you can't, you can't preach one thing and then practice something else. If you are consistent and you hold yourself to a standard, then people take you seriously. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way it has been for thousands of years. But Jews living in the diaspora have forgotten what it means to be Jewish. They've forgotten what, what, what makes Jews different from everybody else. They, they have forgotten the essence and the, the essence of Judaism is that we're not conformists. We, we don't conform to what everyone else does. We have our own way of life. And this way of life was given to us by God in the Torah. And that's it. That's, that's it. That's the essence of Judaism. There's nothing more to it. That Jews were given a way of life. This is the way we have to follow. This is the way of life we must follow. If we fail to do that, if we, if we, if we discount the gift that was given to us, then we are discounting our lives. We're discounting ourselves. Now, when, when people on the outside are looking in on this and saying, look, the Jews don't even care about Judaism. Why should we care about the Jews? They can't even take themselves seriously. Why should we take them seriously? Then we put ourselves into the position where we become the laughingstocks. The second thing that Jews did that, that, that really weakened our standing in society is our focus and our, 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 our death focus, our laser focus on dead Jews. Now, now, what do I mean by that? I don't mean that you know, we shouldn't remember dead Jews. No, God forbid. I don't mean that we, shouldn't, uh, that we shouldn't commemorate dead Jews. No, of course we could. We should. I don't mean that we shouldn't uh, commemorate the Holocaust, remember the Holocaust and the, and the death and destruction that was, that was bestowed upon the Jewish people by Jew haters. Uh, during the Holocaust, of course we should remember it. What I'm talking about is our, 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 our victimhood that we like to play up whenever it's convenient. So, how many times have you heard an innocuous statement, a statement that, that, probably, that probably would have just passed and, and probably unnoticed and who cares, and, and suddenly five Jewish groups get up and yell, Anti-Semite, anti-Jewite, don't boycott this, boycott that. They're anti-Semites, they're anti-Jewites, they don't care, yeah, they hate Jews. And you know, the problem is that when you use 
a word too many times. It's like the boy who cries wolf, right? Use the word too many times, the word loses its meaning, which is why I started using anti-Jewite instead of anti-Semite on the show, because, because the word anti-Semite means nothing anymore. So the second you start calling everybody and everything, every criticism, every comment, everything is, is Jew hatred, the second you start doing that, you, you've, you've lowered the standard for Jew hatred. You, you've lowered the standard. So suddenly when everything is Jew hatred, nothing is Jew hatred. So there was a time where Jew hatred had a meaning, it had a definition, and this is where, this is where the line is. And you cross this line, you're a Jew hater. That's disappeared. That line doesn't exist anymore because we've used the term so often. We've pointed so many fingers at so many different people that we have lost the meaning of the word. The word doesn't exist anymore. So if the word Jew hater doesn't exist anymore and then and the concept of Jew hatred doesn't exist anymore to a certain extent, then people who hate Jews and people who want to destroy the Jewish people are Jew haters. It just becomes standard. It becomes standardized. Now, I'm not saying we have to ignore Jew hatred, but I'm, I'm just saying that we have to be a little more picky on who we call Jew haters and who we point our fingers at. And the third thing that Jews don't do, and, uh, and, and you know, I hate to be saying this out loud, but the third thing that Jews don't do is when a Jewish man, a young Jewish man, a young father, is murdered, Jews don't riot. We don't complain. We don't protest. Well, when the president of the United States gets up and says that that Jews have to, that Jews have to, the Jewish state has to has to negotiate with people who are actively killing Jews at the moment. There's no mass protest around the world. Nobody cares. Jews are apathetic. They're so afraid of being labeled Jewish in the countries that they live in around the world in the diaspora. They're so afraid of people pointing at them and, and declaring them double loyalty or, or some other anti-Jewish jab at them that they end up doing nothing. Think. When they do, what happens is that the Jew hater says, well, if the Jews don't care, why why should I? Joe Public says the same thing. If the Jews won't defend themselves, why do I have to get up and defend the Jews? So suddenly, it becomes okay to to publicly state that Jews, the Jewish state, has to negotiate with the with the with the entities that want to destroy it. They have to negotiate with them. They have to create something for them. They have to give them a present for trying to kill them. And for actively killing their citizens, give them a present. Makes no sense. It's not even logical. Yet there are no Jews in the world getting up and, and protesting against it. It's very sad and very scary, if you ask me. The second people we, uh, we have to blame are the Jew haters. The Jew haters are always going to be there. There's always going to be people who hate Jews. They're, they're getting more bold. And they're getting more bold because the Jews are not getting more bold. The more we stand back, the more they stand up. Think about a bully in the schoolyard. If he pushes you and you don't push him back, he's going to push you again. And again and again and again and again and again. Until you bop him one. 
We haven't whopped anybody one in a very long time. It's a big problem. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman right here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to call in. in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, 0265-00151. Those numbers you could find on the top of the page at israelnewstalkradio.com, where you could also join me in the chat room by clicking on that big chat room button. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. In a time where feelings have become fact, where rational thought and common sense has disappeared, one man stands above it all. I'm Howie Sobaker, your political hitman. Political Hitman airs every Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. North American time, 7 a.m. Israeli time, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson, and me, William Hall, on the Science of Kabbalah, where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitman. I'm Howie Sobiger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to join me in the chat room at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. You can also call in the numbers to call 301-768-4841. In Israel, 0265-00151. So, the uh, Jewish apathy is a is a good part of why Jewish life is cheap. But uh, let's take a look at the Jew haters. Jew haters uh, are just taking advantage of the situation. If the Jews don't care about their lives, then Jew haters will take advantage and take Jewish life. It's as simple as that. If we don't defend ourselves, if we don't stand up, if we're not depicting ourselves as strong, then we're weak. That's that's the way it works. That's the way that's the way life works. That's the way everything works. So by by depicting ourselves as weak all the time, we um we, we send the message that we are weak, and we we send an invitation to Jew haters to attack us. And, and that's that's a big issue for me. Uh, I really believe that Jews have to start depicting themselves as strong as 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 victors as as people who uh, who could defend themselves as people who. Uh, who could fight back as people who aren't going to lay back and take it. Right now, we're people who lay back and take it. One of the biggest problems that we've had in the last 50 years, maybe even 60 years, is the advent of Holocaust museums. Now, I'm not saying that that we shouldn't commemorate, we shouldn't remember what happened during the Holocaust. But I, but, but I, I truly believe, and this has been my criticism of the Holocaust Museum Network uh, from day one. I truly believe 
that Holocaust museums should be depicting Jews as the victors of the Holocaust, not the victims of the Holocaust. Yes, yes, the Jews who died were victims, but there were many, many Jews who survived. And those were the victors of the Holocaust. The goal of the Nazis were to destroy the Jewish people, to, to wipe them off the face of the earth. And then their, their idea was that once they killed all the Jews on the face of the earth, they would create a museum of, of Jewishness. They were collecting artifacts for the Museum of Jewishness, which would show that the, that the Nazis were the strongest power in the world, and they wiped out the oldest nation in the world. And so, so, so they tried to kill the Jews. By depicting ourselves, and consistently, in every documentary, in every museum, and everywhere you look, anytime you look at something that's talking about the Holocaust, all we're showing are pictures of bodies being being uh, being bulldozed into into mass graves. It happened. Yes, we know it happened, but we don't show the victory. We we never show the victory. We we never discuss the 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 winning part of 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 the Holocaust. The death part is very important to remember and very important to commemorate. But so is the winning part. The fact that the Nazis are gone, we're still here. Now, I'm not saying Nazi philosophy is gone because, you know, that philosophy was ingrained into society. That doesn't just disappear with the death of the, of the leader of the cult. The death cult uh, continues on even after its leader dies. So, so Nazi philosophy uh, still exists to a certain extent in Germany and Poland and in, in, in the German-controlled areas of Nazism. Uh, in, 1990, in the 1990s, I, I went to Poland, and their folk art was, was, uh, were statues, little statues of Jews with long noses. And at Auschwitz, at the death camp, they had a, they had a gift shop where they sold, sold uh, die-cast metal uh, crematorias and pewter crematorias as keychains. So, so the, the celebration of the death of Jews continues among Jew haters. The, the Nazi philosophy has never disappeared. It can't disappear. It was totally ingrained in society. So ingrained that, that, that regular men, women, and children went to kill their neighbors and turn them in, knowing full well that if they turned them in, they would be killed. They would be murdered and shipped off to, to concentration camps and turned into ashes. But you can't remove that kind of hatred. That kind of hatred doesn't, doesn't just vanish when the war ends. And it goes on from generation to generation. So don't, I'm not so surprised that, that, that anti-Jewism, that the anti-Jewish sentiment in Europe is huge. Uh, I am very shocked and very surprised that, that Jews still go to Europe and that, that Jews want to live there. But, but taking away the, the obvious mental illness of Jews who want to go and live in a country that, that tried to destroy them, um, you know, overlooking the mental illness there, uh, I really don't believe that uh, that Jews should be should be frequenting these these countries. It's it's not something that we should be doing. But putting that aside, so uh, so Jewish apathy, Jewish apathy, and the Jewish depiction of themselves as losers is part of the problem of the world vision of of how weak Jews are. It's part of the problem of why of why media is not covering the death of Jews and the murder of Jews as actively as they're covering the murders of everybody else.
Then we move on to the last aspect, which is, of course, the media. And the media had decided a long time ago that uh, that Israel was not the underdog, even though they are the underdog in, in that region. The media decided a long time ago, I'm talking about mainstream, I'm talking about international mainstream media. They decided a long time ago that media is not, that uh, Israel is not the underdog. And that Israel's the aggressor and not the victim. Now, I'm not saying we should play victim. I'm not saying Israel should pretend to be a victim. I don't think Israel is a victim. I think Israel's a little too light on the population that is trying to destroy it. I think the Israeli government should take a, should take a more active stance, a more active role in destroying the entities that are trying to destroy it from within, in protecting their citizens. But I, I don't think that uh, Israel depicts itself as a losing state. They've always been a winning state. I don't think they're themselves as a losing state. But the media depicts them as the aggressor. And Israeli, the Israelis had a hard time uh, right from the beginning. And it's part of that Nazi guilt trip, the guilt trip of, uh, of surviving Nazism and, uh, and the guilt of, of having their own country. And uh, that existed from 1948 until you know, recent times. Um, they, they never tried to counter the left-wing narrative that was sold in the United, that was sold in North America. And since these news outlets, most of these news outlets are based in North America, that left-wing narrative kind of took hold and became the narrative of Israel. So Israel is the oppressor, Israel is the aggressor, and Israel is the evil one, while the poor, the poor, what they call Palestinians, are the victims. And this has been the narrative sold since 1964 and the creation of the Palestinian people, when the PLO was created. So this was the narrative that they sold back then to try to create this uh, this oppressed nation that didn't exist before 1964. And this is the this is the propaganda they're selling today. And the left wing media has bought into it and continues to propagate it. And because they continue to propagate it, and the Israelis and the Jewish people around the world have not really countered it in any substantial way. So because it continues to be propagated and the, and the Israelis and the Jews don't counter it, we, we end up in a situation where Jews are depicted as the weaklings. It's just funny because it's a dichotomy. They're, they're depicted as the aggressors, but they're also depicted as the weaklings. So, so they're the ones who are, who are they're, they're like the schoolyard bully. This is how they're being depicted. They're the schoolyard bully. It's the weak kid that's trying to look like it's a strong kid by bullying on somebody else. That's the way they're depicted. And, of course, that trickles down to Jews everywhere. So when, when the Jew gets killed, as the man got killed in the old city of Jerusalem just a couple of days ago, he gets gunned down and 30 people are injured. It's not even reported. But if the same thing happened and the Jew opened fire in, in the Arab market and killed one Arab and injured 30 Arabs, it would be front-page news everywhere. Because Jewish life is not valued around the world. How do, we, how do we solve this? We can't solve it. But what we can do is we can protect ourselves, and we can't come out looking like the strong ones. I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Every Jewish child, every Jewish child from kindergarten on should learn martial arts. 
every Jew should understand that they have to be able to defend themselves, both politically, both uh, vor- verbally and physically. And last but not least, we know the state of Israel exists, and one of the sole reasons the state of Israel exists, one of the reasons it exists, is to protect Jews everywhere. And how does it protect Jews everywhere? With the law of return. Jews have the right to make Aliyah and move to Israel. And so when the situation gets bad in the diaspora, when the situation gets bad outside of Israel, Jews have the right to return to their ancestral homeland, to, to, the, to the land where they're the... Uh, where they're the ancestral people. They're the people who belong in the land. They're the indigenous people of the land. They have the right to return there. Wish, well, many Jews have taken up the, uh, taken up the plight. Many Jews have returned to Israel. There's still plenty of room for many more. So when we realize that we are seen as, as, as expendable in, in the countries that we live in outside of Israel, when we realize that nobody really cares about Jewish lives, nobody really cares about, uh, about, about preserving Jewish life or, or protecting Jewish life, when we realize that that is the fact, then there's only one conclusion, only one conclusion. That conclusion is going to Israel. That's it. That's the conclusion. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman. Thank you for joining me. I will see you again next week right here on Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Norris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. 
You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 